Welcome to Divine Truth by Dr. Buddy Walls. Today's Bible lesson is going to be on the body, soul, and spirit. The body, soul, and spirit. I would like to go over a few things with you today that I think is critical for the church to understand because at times uh, there are those even among some leaders of the church, and I'm not talking about the church I go to, but the church in general where people are a little bit confused. The reason I came up with this lesson today is because of something that an individual shared with me in this church. And I am sure he would not mind me sharing this information because there is a great lesson to be learned from it. But I will keep his name private. There was a time when this individual was at a meeting with a group of so-called church leaders when it was pointed out that this individual needed to be saved because he had white knuckles from grasping the pews. And I loved what the individual said to the church leader. He said, you keep preaching because I'm already saved. But the reason I'm grasping this pew is because I have a kidney stone. Now, the fact that he had a kidney stone is not humorous, but I like the fact that he spoke up and defended his faith. Uh, I hope we all could have done the same thing. He was not afraid to tell that church leader he was already saved. That church leader was trying to embarrass him, shame him into getting saved. This is an important for the church leaders to understand. We cannot force feed salvation through intimidation. What we need to understand, even as pastors, evangelists, or Sunday school teachers, uh, Sunday school teachers or leaders of the church, is this: we all are sinners. Not because we sin, but we are sinners because we have this Adam nature. We were born with this Adam nature. And this leader that was pointing a finger at our church member was as guilty as anyone on earth. I'm thankful our church member called him out on it and defended his faith. We need more people defending their faith. I want to share something with you. Imagine this picture and try to keep it in your mind. You have three circles, one inside the other. The third circle on the outside, you have the body. The second circle inside that, you have the soul. In the center circle, you have the spirit. That's body, soul, and spirit. That makes up men and women. Now look at John 3.17. John 3.17. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. John chapter 3, verse 20. John chapter 3, verse 20. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Now, this is the Adamic nature. That is the first thing we see in Adam way back in Genesis chapter 3. Even though they had sewed fig leaves together, even though they thought they had their nakedness covered, Whenever they knew the Lord was back in the garden with them and was wanting to communicate with them in the cool of the day, what did Adam and Eve do? They ran and hid from God. 
They did not want to meet God. Guess what? We still don't want to meet God because we still have that Adamic nature. If you want to know why people miss church the majority of the time, it is because of this nature that we are born with. Now understand something. There is a remedy for this. The Bible says, To be ye therefore holy as I am holy. A renewing of the mind. We need to go against our nature and become a holy people. Yes, it can be done. You can be as close to God as you want to be. But it is human nature to want to run from God. A man by the name of Martin Luther one time referred to God as the hound of heaven. Now what does the hound do? He pursues and pursues. That's what God does. He pursues that person wanting them to come to the place of salvation. But guess what? Many still refuse him and don't want any part of him. I told a guy in a soul in a booth one time, I said, look, God is only guilty of one thing. He said, what is that? I said, of loving you. The people could only understand that. Turn with me to the book of Psalm chapter 42, verse 1. Psalm chapter 42, verse 1. To the chief musician, Maskell, for the sons of Korah, as the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Do we have a yearning for the things of God, or do we have a desire to avoid God every chance we get? Have you ever wondered why the majority of the pews are empty? Because of the latter. And Paul always writes to the believers. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 1. The book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 1. And you have he quickened, or made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians 2, chapter 2, chapter two verse 2. Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 2. Where in time past ye walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You see, we sin naturally. I want to ask you something. How much faith can a dead man have? None. How much can a dead man do spiritually? Nothing. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. In other words, by grace ye are saved. Remember the three circles, body, soul, and spirit? Well, when Adam sinned, disobeyed in sin, the center circle, the spirit, was disengaged with God. And what was left was the functioning body and soul, which we use today. But within that soul circle, the sin nature is included. We all have that sin nature and fall short. We all fall short. But the Bible plainly says that is not a green light to continue in our sin. There is a way out. Be ye therefore holy as I am holy. If you hear me repeat something over and over and over, there is a reason for that. A survey was taken one time of a student's grades in school, and they noticed one particular teacher's students always had much better grades than anyone else. 
So they had to find out what caused this. Come to learn, the teacher constantly reviewed. He went over and over and over the same material, and come test time, the students actually knew the answers. So I hope we never tire of hearing the same thing repeatedly. Now, back to being holy. How do we know we are supposed to be holy? Because of what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Before the foundation of the world, he declared this, without blame. But it always boils down to this as a simple matter of, of obedience. Are we going to obey what God has said in his word? I think too many times the average churchgoer runs God's word underfoot as if it's some old ancient book that is not relevant for us today. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Here is something every church member in America needs to hear. Are we playing church or are we taking God's word seriously? Are we going through a form and a fashion or do we have a form of godliness but not deny the power thereof? Where do we list God in our priorities? God is not a game you play with, using him only when you need him. How many times I have seen people go through tragedy and then ask the question, Why me, Lord? Knowing that God was not, not on their number one priority list. I mentioned this the other day. We live in an upside-down world where right is wrong and wrong is right. We live in disobedience while at the same time wanting God to bless us. God is a God of patience, but he is also a God of righteousness, and he does have a limit. We need not stretch our unrighteous limits because God will react according to our actions. There is still such a thing as chastisement. One of the greatest friends you could ever have in this walk of life besides Jesus himself, is the authorized King James Bible, which was the communication given to mankind on how to operate while on this earth. If we could only obey, I ask you to examine yourself and see where you might fall short. The Bible said we all do. Here's something the church absolutely needs to be aware of, and I'm talking about the new Schofield Virgin. It is unfortunately a double lie. In fact, this deceitful version lies to its readers twice on the title page. On that page, it claims to be an authorized King James Version, but it is not. Why? Because the modern editors of the 1967 New Schofield Version claim that the English of the great King James Bible was too hard to understand. Therefore, when they saw a word they did not like, they removed it from the text and placed it in the margin with the letters KJV beside it. Then, they added the word of their choice to the text. If you take a new Schofield version and open it, almost anywhere you will find changes on the page. If anyone tried this tactic with a secular book, they'd be hauled off to jail but it is allowed with the Bible. In the new Schofield version after 1967, 
there are 6,127 changes, averaging at least four changes per page. Therefore, the new Schofield version cannot honestly be called the Authorized King James Bible. I'd like to share something with you that we need to understand. We need to understand the importance of what we read in the Bible when we study in the Bible. I like what a lady at church said one Sunday. She said she wanted to read more, study more of the Bible. Oh, how I wish more people had that desire. We need to soak up the words in this book and try to understand what God is trying to tell us. For example... Look in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments. And as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. Isn't that something? Romans chapter 3 verse 21. Romans chapter 3 verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Romans chapter 3 verse 22. Even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Look at what the Bible does not say. It does not say to all them that join the church. It does not say to them that are baptized. It does not say to all them that repent. It does not say to all them that keep the Ten Commandments. Remember, God clothes us with righteousness. He does not see our righteousness. He sees Christ's righteousness. To all them that believe what? Believe the gospel. That is why I say, besides Jesus Christ himself, your next best friend is the Bible. And more people need more of a desire to read and study the word. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The Bible says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Who is the natural man? The man who has not received the Spirit of God. He has only a body and soul minus the spirit, the unsaved person. A person will never understand the word of God until they are saved. Why? Because it all sounds foolish to him. It is spiritually discerned. I want to give you something to think about. Now think about this. What if Adam was able to partake of the tree of life with his sin nature? That would have been awful for all his descendants. Would it not? You and me. But God in his omniscience, all-knowing power, has always wanted the best for his creation, not the worst. Thank God Satan was defeated at the cross. 
Thank God because of that, we have an eternity of pure peace and health and joy. And guess what? If you are born again, no one can ever take that away from you. Satan was defeated then, and he is still defeated through Jesus Christ. I hope you uh, enjoyed this. Dr. Buddy signing off.